Hello and welcome back to Offbeat Grad on this wonderful Thursday, wherever you are. As I said last week, this is the second part of the podcast with Sarah Strives, and we are chatting more about mental health. And today we are going to talk specifically about resources um, as they relate to college students, bloggers in particular. And those are really helpful, even if you don't have like a chronic mental health issue, like it's still important to pay attention to how you're feeling and to check in with yourself. So in case you haven't listened to the part one of this podcast, I highly recommend you do that. But just in case you for some reason want to go into this blind, um, I'm going to introduce Sarah this time because her introduction was in the first chunk of this podcast and you know, I'm just not not really up to mixing that in. It would feel really awkward. So... (laughs) Sarah is a blogger at sarahstrives.com. She also hosts Mental Health Sundays on her Instagram, which I highly recommend. And she has been blogging for three years. She started blogging as a way to document her college journey. And now she talks about a lot of things like mental health and college. And she's sort of transitioning out of college because like a lot of other people, she is about to graduate and that puts you in a weird spot, as I know, because I did that too. And yes, (laughs) let's jump into it. So yeah. tell me your resources. You have a great list and I would love for you to yes. share those. So for people who are struggling with mental health, whether you're in college or you graduated or you're freelancing or whatever, like these are great resources for getting help or just right. like coping in daily life. Yes. So first, I guess to start off is NAMI, N-A-M-I, the National Alliance for Mental Illness, um, I think is a really great resource for really anybody Um, I think they're really well-rounded in having resources for um, people that are struggling and the family members that have someone who's struggling. Um, It's great. I have a friend that speaks for them. She goes around to schools and will talk to kids about um, mental illness, um, which is cool. I think think that's crazy that she does that. I'm, like, too nervous to. (laughs) Speaking in front of people is, like, hard. I mean, I've done it. A few times, um, especially I've, I did one recently, not mental illness related, but I can't imagine trying to talk to somebody about this in person, like speaking to a group as an authority yeah, on scary. it. Like, that's just weird for me. Cause it's like, I'm just talking from my own experience. Like, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, they have a lot of just good information. Um, they have support groups and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. that I've heard really good things about. I haven't personally gone to any of them, but I've heard really great things. Um, friends and family. Honestly, I, in my whole struggle with mental health, is I really shut people out for a while. Um, didn't want anybody to know. Same. I felt like I was going to be judged for choosing like to go on medication wrong with you feel like oh yeah something's wrong with you is my experience with that as I was like I can't talk about this because like they're not going to get it or because like right. oh that this is something that's wrong with me and it's up to me to like handle this alone right but it's not and I I come from a religious family so for me going on medication without talk and without talking to them first or without really doing anything else first Uh, weird because I was like I feel like they're gonna judge me and tell me to just pray it away which is not effective (laughs) um in my personal I mean not prayer can be good if you're religious um but 
there's so much more that goes into it. Um, and if you need to go on medication, you do like that. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that we stigmatize yeah. it. If you think about it, if you were sick with anything else, you would just go yes. on medication. So like, what is the difference here? And usually it is an actual chemical imbalance in your brain. Like, right. So if, I mean, when you think of it in those terms, it's obvious, like, of course you would, if you need right. help in this way. Right. And I like, I'm not on medication now. I went off for a number of reasons. It mm-hmm. would be a whole other long story, but, um, I pushed them away for a while because of that. Cause I didn't want to talk about it and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to feel judged for, um, choosing to do that before seeking out other options. Yeah. I mean, it um, feels like it's like this weird, easy fix. Obviously it's not. But that's sort of the yeah. stigma. It's clearly a very hard fix is the reality. Oh, yeah. But it feels like, oh, I'm just giving up. Like, I'm just patching up the problem. Yes. But you're not, obviously. Right. And for me, it was like I started medication and started counseling like a month later. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like I was just trying to do it to like stick a Band-Aid on it. I was doing yeah. other things to help. But yeah. I was at a point yeah. where I could not function without it. Like, there's no way I would have made it to a f- counselor without doing something else about it first to help For sure. get through that. So, but any friends and family, honestly, being open with them is ultimately going to be in your best interest. Um, you just have to find your person who gets it and you might be surprised about who that might be like it might not be your best friend that gets it and is able to talk you through yeah for sure I think if you haven't experienced because I know people my boyfriend for example does not experience any anxiety at all like I don't know how he's just one of those people and I have friends who are those people who just they're coasting through life and they're fine and that's great good for them but I feel like they can't relate to like the why I can't pick up the phone and call someone sometimes or like why I feel tired and 2 p.m. sometimes or like why I just get sad randomly for no reason like these are hard things to relate with with people who don't have any way to comprehend them but lucky for me a lot of my friends have some anxiety issues as well (laughs) not that that's a good thing but it is good when you can communicate with them but I also think there are a lot of online communities for this if you're struggling to find someone in your like day-to-day life Definitely reach Mm -hmm. out online. There are a lot of great women groups, even on Facebook, for people who experience a lot of anxiety. Um, I love Reddit for this. Um, So you're definitely not alone. Also, you do the the self-care Sundays, don't you? I do. So on Sundays, um, I do an Instagram Live. It's at 8 p.m. Central Time. And we talk about self-care and mental health topics. Um, Right now, it's just me. I normally have a partner she's taking a couple weeks off to just kind of adjust to some changes with school stuff um but yeah it's we talk about I mean kind of everything and it's um right now I'm actually looking for people to hop on there with me and talk with me on the lives so definitely reach out to me if you're interested in doing that and all that good stuff um but yeah that can be a really great source um just talking just talking to people who get it I mean it's the people who haven't experienced it just aren't they're just not gonna get it they're gonna try if they care about you um but sometimes it's hard to it's hard to get it if you don't experience it I have family members who it's like I I've tried to communicate with them about look like this is what I'm feeling and this is what's actually like happening in my head Mm -hmm. but like I can't tell you like it's there's not a reason. like it's sometimes there's just not it's like well why are you feeling anxious it's like 
I don't know. It's just, yeah, I just, no, that's my it's biggest just, one. It's just there. Is I'm just anxious and I all don't the time. Understand that? Yeah. <laughs> over over and dumb stuff. And you can rationally realize that it's that it's like stupid. Like rationally, I'll be like, yeah, this is not a big deal. But like that doesn't make it less problematic for me. So here oh, we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. So for me, my husband is my person as far as who gets it, mm-hmm. largely because he walked me through a lot of the early stages of figuring things out because um, when I was really, really struggling, I did not want to go get help. I did not want to talk to anybody about this. I felt like a crazy person and I just was like, no, like I'm not going to go tell them. Like yeah, I just, it's scary. or maybe I'm making it up or maybe, you know, oh, yes. it's all me and the fears. making it up, same problem. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And a lot of that has to do with the stigma of people being, oh, you're just dramatic or you're just yes, emotional it's such or a women whatever. thing of the women oh are gosh. always making it up, aren't we? Yes, we, love we to just make are. Stuff up. <laughs> um, but I mean, he, I kept canceling my appointments. He literally walked me to my first appointment where I finally went and talked to somebody about it just to get me to go and not cancel it because I was just so stressed out about it mm-hmm. and so didn't want to go so badly. So he had a lot to do with those just getting through that, uh, I guess, diagnosis part yeah. and well, and this whole part. So he's kind of my person who understands it, and largely because I see him every day, so he knows how yeah. to handle my little like the ups and the downs. Yes. Um. So, and then I have another good friend that gets it. Um. I think there's a there can also be a hard balance though because you don't want it to turn into a relationship where y'all are just constantly complaining about it either because that can't be, that's yeah. not always helpful. Oh, sure. Um, and point. I think that's easy to fall into. And that's, I was just talking to my husband about this yesterday about a friend. It was just like, like I, I love that friendship because we get it. We get what we're talking about, but sometimes it can just get to be, that's all we talk about. And it gets to be, you obsess over it and it's negative and it's not necessarily helpful. Mm-hmm. So it's just a fine line, but um, yeah, I guess a couple other sources. I mentioned counseling. Um, I briefly did counseling through my school. Um, uh, me too. I didn't have the best experience. Me neither. Personally, <laughs> um, I went in. I think maybe a total of like four times, and I guess five, including the initial like matching you with somebody appointment because the way my school does it they don't have um you don't see like actual counselors you see counselor like people that are in the graduate program for counseling oh, okay. so they know what they're doing they're in their like last semester yeah. so they're doing like hours um but it was like I went in and I had a couple good weeks in a row she's like how about you just make an appointment when you have a bad week Oof. And then come back. I'm like, I'm not going to show up if I have a bad week. Yeah. Like, what's helping is this being a part of my routine and talking about it. Like, I don't, that's not how this works. Like, it's not a temporary issue. Like, it's oh. something that's part of my day-to-day I had the life. worst experience as well. I went into one and she immediately suggests medication. Immediately, like, within the first 20 minutes, which I feel like is oh. not not the way to go. Um, I went in because I thought I had an issue with being bipolar. I still sometimes think that might be the case, but then I go back and forth on it. So maybe I should seek a second opinion. But at the time I was convinced, um, since then I have 
changed a lot and I don't think that's the case but at the time I was like really in here that's what I told her I was like I'm concerned that this is my issue and she was like okay well I can't help you we'll need to get you on medication and I was like what is that not your job and then she was like oh but here we'll create a strategy and then her strategy was like here's here we're gonna practice breathing and like this was all happening within the same like 30 minute period and I was like I'm like this is a whirlwind like what's going on it was bizarre but at the same time I had a close friend who saw a different counselor at my school and had an excellent experience so I definitely think it was just I got the dud um she freaked me out enough that I did not need to go back to her because I was confused also she did the same thing where she was like oh well you'll just schedule another one when like you feel like it and I was like what is this and it was right. weird, but I think that if you, I wish I had gone back and tried someone else at the time, right. like obviously the moment has passed, but at the time I was so like, what the heck that I was not here to do it again. Cause it was already such mm-hmm. a feat to go to one. Um, right. but I think there's definitely a point to like searching around cause it's not going to magically yes. be the perfect fit the first time. For sure. And I think, yeah, that's a great point. And it's, Honestly, I think it depends on the school, too, and it depends on what kind of counseling they offer. I know I had a former teacher share something on uh, Facebook that was basically a chart of all the schools in Texas. That's where I am. And their um, counseling fees or whether or not the appointments were free for the counseling, kind of like the amount of appointments, all that information. Mm -hmm. And my school is technically the appointments are free. And they don't technically put a cap on it. And hmm. I kind of brought it up. I was like, well, yeah, they don't technically, like, not let, like, they don't technically say you only get so many appointments, but they aren't the most encouraging as far as having you come on a regular basis. They really yeah. are more for getting through a certain issue. Um, but that doesn't But I really think sense. it depends on the school. <laughs> I was like, this I mean, isn't a good solution. Um it was weird because my friend who who was having a great time, she went back every week and it was like a scheduled thing. And she didn't even have like a generalized anxiety disorder. She Not that like you can't go if you don't have it. I'm just saying like she didn't have right. like a specific reason why you would need to go ongoing. She just went because she right. was prone to like being stressed about school. So she liked having like an outlet to talk about that. Which I think right. is so great. And like why why wasn't it all like that? But I went to a small private school. We didn't have to pay for them. I think it was included in like, I don't know, one of our fees, yeah. but um, I definitely see what you're saying there. I wonder if that was a factor. Um, I think it's definitely worth going to your college one first because usually it's free or cheap, but right. um, don't count on it to be like amazing. And if it's not amazing, don't be afraid to like seek outside options because yes. a lot of your insurance plans will end up covering some kind of mental health care. Um and you don't need yeah. to like, it doesn't need to be the scary thing. I wish I had known that it was worth looking around and seeing a different one. Um, oh, yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> I was uh, I was 19 and I just didn't care. So yep. that was that. <laughs> yes, same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was 19 as well, actually, at that <laughs> point. So it was like, it was just kind of that. I don't really want to deal with it. I yeah. just, I was like, was I tried. Yeah, I know. I was like, I tried and it didn't mm-hmm. work out. We're done now. Even though it was like one meeting and I was like, this, this is right. too much. Um, that was dumb. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And then for sure, seeking help from medical professionals is always a good, yeah. good idea. <laughs> um, I, when I started, um, going, I, so 
the way my school's health and wellness center worked. I went to like a regular doctor. Um, actually, I think she might have technically been an RN. I don't recall. Um, off the top of my head, she's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, then they referred me to the school psychiatrist. That's what I did. She it had... was also an RN who referred me to the psychologist. <laughs> she's a mess. <laughs> yeah. She... And she started me on medication and just to get me started on something because I don't think I was able to get in to see the psychiatrist for like two weeks or something like that. Um, And she was just really, really concerned after I had talked to her kind of about everything. Oh my God, you're so lucky though. I went to the RN first and I was like having a breakdown and this girl was like, oh, well, I can't do anything for you. And then I went to the the counselor and she was like, oh, well, I can't do anything for you. You'll have to see a real doctor. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the psychiatrist, well, I saw RN, psychiatrist, counselor later. But, yeah, the psychiatrist was good. She at least listened to me. That's good. And knew what she was doing with medications, um, which is a whole other. But she, I mean, there was a lot of, like, trying to figure out medications and all that. Um, And honestly, from my experience... After this, because she quit and she left, or at least she was gone. I'm not sure. It was very sudden. She oh. was suddenly gone. Okay. <laughs> it was like, okay. Um, but she left and they haven't replaced her. It's been three years and they haven't replaced her. Oh, almost okay. three years. Um, which is a huge issue um, because for the next year, all of my psychiatric, I hate to say psychiatric medication because that sounds... It sounds weird, but it's not. Weird, but it's that's what it is. I mean, that's what, you know, I took um, an antidepressant technically, but they use it for anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. But, yeah, I guess that makes uh, sense. I don't know. They're linked, so it's definitely... Because definitely anxiety was more my issue than the depression, mm-hmm. but I think they're still very they linked. They overlap. But, oh, yeah, for sure. I felt like the depression manifests itself from, well, it kind of, the depression comes from the anxiety. Yeah, I don't think anyone has depression without any anxiety. Like that, I don't think that's a thing, so. Anyway, she, I was, so I was on that and all, all of those prescriptions were being written by an RN and I wish I had known, I guess, more about it and just more about medications in general because I experienced a lot of side effects that I just wasn't aware of and she didn't Mm -hmm. know to look for because she wasn't, it's not her specialty. So I I really think it's, yeah, I was pretty weird (laughs) because I gained so much weight. Yeah, there are a lot of side effects. I had a friend in college who was on antidepressants for anxiety as well, and she would tell me about the craziest side effects. Like, they would make her tired, like, eight hours a day and stuff like that, and she had to go off of them. Um, I don't know what she was on, or, like, I know they're different for everyone. Um, But when she told me that, it sort of freaked me out a bit because I was considering it myself, and then I was like, "Mm, I I don't need that. Um, Like. I want to be awake sometimes. Um, so I think it's definitely you need to work with a qualified doctor. And I don't think there's like yes. a one size fits all because a lot of people have to go back and forth and try different dosages, try different things. Oh, like, yeah. Definitely won't be a perfect fit the first time yes. around. And it's going to change. It's not always going to work consistently. So I just think it's important to be aware of <sighs> your be aware that not every doctor is a great doctor. Um, yes, 
unfortunately. And I think that's something that I went into it blindly with where I just, I didn't understand that, oh, I have to be my own advocate when it comes to my doctor. Yes, I have to you definitely do in college. I feel like that's such a, an issue. Um, you just need to speak up for yourself and don't just accept your campus care and be like, this is it. I tried. Yep. Like push beyond that because there's, there's more options outside of this. And that's what I'm working on is finding someone outside of my school. I just haven't put the energy into it. I really it's need hard. to. It's really hard. Um, and it's just this weird, scary thing where it's like, how do I even start looking for somebody who's going to be good? And I know. Being an adult is the worst. Hard. But yeah, I think that's really important because I, I ended up stopping seeing that doctor and just going off of what medications I was on because I was like I don't trust you anymore because you won't talk to me about my options yeah that's I tried to bring up I was like hey like look I think I want to go off this medication she goes oh don't rock the boat like you're that's not an answer (laughs) and I was like and I personally like if someone comes at me like that like I'm just gonna shut down that's not a good attitude (laughs) you about why like why I want to go off or why what you want to hear from your doctor yeah so if they say that you need a new doctor. That's crazy. Uh, it was bad. She didn't know what she was talking about. And it was like, one thing I, and it's like looking back, I've done more and more research um, since I've been out of her care. <laughs> but I had gone on the pill and after a month on it, I came back. I was like, look, I think this is messing with my anxiety medication. I feel really anxious all the time. Ugh, preach. Like, oh, no, no, no. That's not possible. So I went back on it because I was trusting and not being an advocate for myself. Um, And then I started looking into the pill that I was on a couple months ago um, because I had stayed on it for like another year. And turns out that specific pill is known for causing people who are prone to anxiety to experience worse anxiety i know i've had to switch the pill so many times for this because i also have had this experience i've had to quit the pill i've been on the pill since i was um 12 because i have endometriosis so it's been a fun time um but (laughs) i've tried so many because of that and they never told me this at any of my gynecologist appointments like this will cause anxiety this will probably make you want to lose your mind like so many times I will like I will I know it's happening because I'm like unhinged all the time like I will cry at the stupidest things like commercials I will like have (laughs) weird reactions to stuff I will get angry I'll be anxious all the time and it took me until like I was 21 to realize this is probably my birth control pill so right speak of in that I, women have it great don't we but like yeah <laughs> um yeah talk just with, be, yes, a, be aware with the, of your body <laughs> talk to your be honest with your medical professionals and find new medical professionals yes. if they don't listen to you yes don't just keep going <laughs> don't just keep blindly going um yeah i had that issue a lot of times but especially with birth control i think women don't talk about the side effects of birth control and that is one of them so if you experience anxiety and you're on birth control talk to your doctor because you can switch brands you don't have to be on this one and now i'm on yep. one that does not i mean i still get anxiety from life but like I don't think it's from this I do not notice the fluctuations as much so it is possible but yeah I didn't know that for so long I lived half my life like thinking it was normal and that it was just me but I don't think it always was so yeah it's it's crazy oh um 
for resources. I think, um, honestly, the internet could be a really great resource for mental health stuff. Um, I really like uh, Katie Morton's videos on YouTube. Katie with an I, K-A-T-I. Was she the um, one in the Shane Dawson videos? Because that was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not like her in that. <laughs> she was kind of weird weird in that. It was a little bizarre. I saw I her in something else afterwards, and I really liked her then. But like in those did videos. Did you see her in the L Mills Yes. Stuff? I thought she was more <laughs> professional in that. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love YouTube. But anyway, I did not like her in yes. that. <laughs> the Shane Dawson video. I thought that was inappropriate and not professional. But otherwise. Yeah, it was a little bizarre. She's probably okay. I think it was just. It was a weird situation. I'll, I'll I'll blame it on that. That was a whole. That series as a whole was. I have a lot to say situation. about it. <laughs> <laughs> situation. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know, but she has some informative videos. I feel, um, and I haven't watched all of her stuff, so I can't speak to like agreeing yeah. with everything. But like, there's some stuff that I think she I think she does a good job of giving just information and getting it out there. Um, mental health bloggers can be really good. I think you just have to be cautious about mental health bloggers that are blogging in a way that is helpful versus mental health bloggers that are just getting on and talking about stuff that could be triggering. Um, I hate when mental health bloggers come from a position where you can tell they have never experienced an issue with mental health in their life and they think they're an expert about mental health because like I don't know (laughs) they sleep eight hours a day or something but like it's just like okay like I don't care about that I hate when the the tips are so basic and they're like oh drink more water oh thanks I'm cured like I can't with that (laughs) um yes Yes. I agree you do need to be well with any kind of blogger you need to um don't just accept things at face value. Oh, for sure. I, I think that's really easy to fall into. And it's just, yeah, just be cautious. I mean, it's just like being cautious with who you follow, even with mental health bloggers who seem to be trying to do a positive thing. You have to just be cautious, have that filter on of like, okay, yeah, don't take it at face value. Because um, there's some mental health bloggers that just get on. And I know of one on Twitter that I keep, she keeps showing up in my feed. I don't think I'm even following her, but it, all of her tweets are really negative. Um, and it's just a lot and negative isn't always bad, but there's just, it's, I feel more like she's doing it to have a place to basically complain and talk about stuff that she's not willing to talk to people in her life about. And I get that. I do because I've, definitely written articles blog posts instead of talking to the people in my life yeah but But, I think there's got to be a balance like then don't position yourself as an expert on um mental health if you're not offering actionable experience or advice yeah I I agree that's a weird weird take on that but okay yeah there's a lot of tweets of like oh you know I I'm just done like I just want to go you know oh no don't do this (laughs) this isn't a good yeah (laughs) that's really alarming (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just like, this is not a positive, like, no. So just kind of have that filter on of who is actually providing value um, versus people that are just complaining and putting out a negative thing. Um, So definitely, and I think that's part of it is finding a good fit because – there's mental health bloggers that I don't like their content. I just, it's not a good yeah, fit. I, we I don't see true. eye to eye on stuff. So just finding whoever is a good, good fit for you. Um, 
as far as their content. Just lots of Pinterest. Look on there. Look for always on Pinterest. Yeah. Yes. I also recommend Reddit. Um, I love Reddit. Like, it's my favorite social media. I don't know why. I'm obsessed with it. But there are a lot of um, women groups on there. I'll link a few in the show notes that are, like, positive places for women to just, like, talk about their daily experiences. A lot of people go in there and talk about mental wellness, mental health, stuff like that. And it's uh, a good resource for, like, feeling less alone. Because someone will post something oh, yeah. being like, does anyone else have, like, this nagging feeling of, like, random whatever? And then 15 million people respond and be like, this is me every day and you're like yeah. okay great I'm glad I'm not the only one um, that's yes. really helpful for me because sometimes you feel really isolated especially if you're a blogger freelancer even college student sometimes you feel like you're in your own little bubble and you can't really see the rest of the world yeah, yeah for sure and one other source I want to talk about through through your school um, if you're a college student is the ODA office or whatever they call it at your school for us it's ODA the office of disability and accommodation oh yeah 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 I um, personally was so scared to like register with that because it just it feels so real. But the psychiatrist was like, you need to do this because oh, wait, it's just going to give you more this. flexibility. Because there was a girl in yeah. my English classes who had this and I never understood. Like she took yeah. tests in a different room and I was always really jealous because yes. it sounded so cool. But like I don't experience I... test anxiety, so I don't think I needed it. But I, I've always been so interested in like what actually it means. So I... They technically gave that to me, but I never used it because for oh. me, that's not test test anxiety wasn't really an issue. Like, yeah, yeah I never test, had that. Either. It was like a normal level of test mm -hmm. stress. Like, yeah, not, I mean, yeah, I think everyone gets a little nervous anxiety. for a test, but I never like had a an issue with that. So I never understood right. it. But then I knew that girl, she would get like um extra time and she would take it in like a special quiet place. And I was yes. always so interested. I thought maybe you knew, but now you didn't get to do it. Well, I, do, <laughs> I know some because I've had friends that have done that and just other how a lot of the dynamics work with that and other other accommodations because there's a lot more accommodations besides that um that people don't realize exist but um like the extra time thing I technically had that for stuff if I had tests but if you're in person like if you go to the classroom the regular classroom you can't do that because it's yeah there's no. people there yeah they would make but them do you, it in like a in a library or something they would do it somewhere else and they give you a lot of options for that. You can take it in your professor's office or you can go to the testing room at the ODA center. Um, and they have two different types of testing rooms. They have one where you're like in a room with a bunch of people, but it's like all the walls. I've, I asked a friend about this because I was like, what does this yeah, even look I'm like? Yeah, so interested. I'm to do it. <laughs> she, like the walls are all just like white. Like there's nothing like distracting and uh -huh. Um, they have stuff there for you, like if you want um, headphones that are um, noise canceling. Yes, noise canceling headphones. Huh. Uh, they had those available. They, it was just a quiet, like non-distracting place. But then they also had like individual rooms where if you needed to be by yourself and you're the kind of person that makes noise, like if you want to sit there and like click your pin or yeah, you, oh my gosh, it's crazy. That's something you could. So I've never tried it. I just was more anxious about that. Just, I was like, that's just going to make me more anxious. Like I'm going <laughs> to, I feel like my, <laughs> I feel like my professor is going to forget where I am and think I'm just like a slacker. Not, <laughs> right. And, and I think part of that has to do with, like, I was in a class, um, last spring 
And there was people that I was friends with that sat in front of me that I met through like a group project and both of them had accommodations and they would take their tests in the testing center. And we were on like the third test of the semester. They were always like in the testing center. And my Mm -hmm. professor goes, I wonder if these guys are going to show up. And I'm like, that's a really good way to get in trouble. Like, and he didn't specify who, but he was like, I wonder if this row of people is going to show up. Like, Everybody knows who sits where oh in gosh. a smaller class. Yeah. And it was just... Ooh, and after that, awkward. I was like, yeah, I'm never yeah, doing this. No, why did he say that? Doesn't he know? Usually the teachers have to know about they that. They know because they, yeah. they have to send a test over. What? It was really what? bizarre. Maybe he forgot but or something, but that's weird. I think so. Oh, I no. Think so. That would give that me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do it then. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. They're, they, they'll give you more time online. Um, ooh, that reminds me, I need to, I need to get my letter for this semester. Um, they will give you more time for online quizzes and stuff like that as well. So like mm-hmm. for me, I get time and a half on, um, online tests and quizzes. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I've appreciated that. There's only been like one or two times where I've ended up needing it, but yeah. that's the, but it's it. good to it's have it. Just case scenario. Um, and that's kind of what the psychiatrist explained to me when she recommended going to the ODA and registering with them because she was like, look, it's not, you have to think of the stuff that's going, going to help you worst case scenario. Like think of your worst day possible. What would you need to still like to just for it to go more smoothly? Um, so that's what I get. But there's some people that get two times, three times. It just depends on the severity um, of whatever you yeah, Whatever. I didn't know there were so many options. That's honestly a great resource. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I had. Well, I don't think I would have taken advantage of those personally, but I can see why those would be very valuable. So okay. I think that is a good point to add. Yeah, they also have things like, oh, you can get up and move around during class or eat and drink in classrooms oh, that yeah. they don't. Well, within reason, like you can't eat and drink in like a science lab. Like that's oh, not yeah, safe. No, not there. But um. I know I have a, a good friend that had an issue with that. Um, she needed to have something to drink because of a physical disability mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let her um, have it in there, but then they would lock her out when she would leave the lab to go get a drink. That's messed up. And yeah, that was a whole issue. They they dealt with it, but it was an issue. Um, so part of, gosh, there's just so, there's so much. I'm sorry. I know this is getting long. <laughs> I'm going to make it two podcasts. Now I don't have to record again. So this is a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Um, So with her, it it was just a whole issue. But anyway, you can eat and drink. Uh, Tardy leniency um, is a common one. I have that. I never really utilize tardy leniency because Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I'm showing up late, I'm so anxious about being late because everybody's going to turn around and look at you when you open the door. Thank God I'm not but in college anymore. It just means they can't penalize you for being late. Yeah. Um, or getting up during class and leaving the room like they're not supposed to lock you out. <laughs> that That's kind of a crazy. thing. That's um, crazy. So, and you can, some people get assignment, like deadline extensions. You can do that. But that's a really uncommon uh, accommodation to get. Yeah. You It takes a lot to qualify for that. Although I've definitely had professors give it to me when technically that's not one of my accommodations. Yeah, I feel like if you're open with a lot of your professors, they're more 
understanding than you would expect oh, yeah. of me. Um, I know that sure. I've had professors who would be willing to offer extensions if you were really struggling for any reason, not just like you didn't understand the material, but like something like happens in your life or you're struggling with anxiety. So something to yeah, keep in for, mind. For my school, I know I tried once where I was like, hey, like I really like need this was before I registered and she was like, I honestly, like, I can't do anything about it until you're registered or I, mm -hmm. like, I get in trouble for showing favoritism. So honestly, registering is the best thing you can do for yourself because most professors, once you have a letter, they don't really give a crap what it says. They'll just, they'll just do help what, you. whatever. Yeah. That's a great, a great tip. Like I didn't even know this was, I knew that this office existed, but like I had not I didn't know anyone personally who did it, yes. like so I didn't really understand it. But you have shed the light on it. Not that I will ever need it now, but that is the other, good to know. Yeah. The other thing you can do if you live on campus um, is have an ESA in your dorms if you register with the ODA. Um, the one thing with this is don't go into it with registering with the ODA as I'm doing this to do this because a lot of people do that just to try to get a pet in the dorm. Yeah, no, don't do that. Not cool. Um, but I have an ESA. His stuff not up to date anymore, so we just paid the pet deposit for where we live now because yeah. I wasn't seeing a doctor at the time that we moved. Um, so that's just what happened. But um, it's that is one thing you can do that I really found to be helpful because I wasn't alone all the time. I had something that was relying on me that forced me to kind of like get stuff get get it together on days that I didn't want to or to walk outside oh my god yes my dog makes like, me go outside <laughs> and that that's really a great option um if especially if you're somebody who is used to living with pets um I think that can be really helpful to have an ESA um and there's a lot of misconceptions about ESAs so I might write a blog post on that oh you eventually. should I, I, I know a lot about them Sunday there's on. a lot of confusion there is so much confusion. Like, it's not the same thing as a service dog. Oh, not it's at just all. Not. And it's not a way to get around pet fees and pet deposits. Like, please don't do that. Yeah, that messes it up for <laughs> Because it makes else. it so much harder for us who actually have, a, like, a real ESA to do it. Um, and one quick thing, just because since we're already on this topic, um, <laughs> don't purchase letters online for your animal saying it's an ESA because that's a load of crap. Those yep. aren't real. I've the done only real work for them, you though. Need. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I know a lot about ESAs, because I did a lot of SEO work for uh, one of those scammy websites. I would never recommend it to anyone. I did it because I like money. But, um, yep. yeah, be aware that that's definitely something to pay attention to. Those are creepy. Right. The only thing you need is a like a letter from your doctor. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's weird, because um, in the content I wrote for them, they wanted me to say that. I think, I do not know. It. I guess you paid them to be the letter from your doctor. I'm not sure. I didn't ask questions. But, but yes, that is the only way. A legit letter from your doctor and don't do it just to have a pet. Like just if you really genuinely think it's a good part of your, like to help you, I think that's a good thing. My whole process of getting one was really weird and sketchy because the psychiatrist quit at my school oh, yeah. so then I had to like get the paperwork signed by someone else who I saw one time so that was just bizarre so it's been really hard for me to keep my paperwork updated because I was like in limbo when I started the process um which was really frustrating for me because it makes it feel less legit when it is yeah um, but, uh, yeah that's confusing 
So, yeah. ESAs are also a great thing. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. I had an ESA in my dorm sophomore year. And then, oh, cool. Yeah, one of my friends, her roommate had an ESA, and it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, it's cool. Yeah. Nice to have a <laughs> in your dorm. So. Well, that's great. So to finish up, tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, yes. So I am at sarahstrives.com, S-A-R-A, strives, <laughs> uh, H. Um, same thing on Instagram, Sarah Strives, Twitter, Facebook, although the only thing I'm really active on is my blog and Instagram. Me um, too. And Pinterest. I'm fairly active on Pinterest, but that's not really. It's <laughs> not you. I'm never yeah. on Pinterest. Tailwind's on Pinterest. Yes, oh. Tailwind is on Pinterest. <laughs> I miss Board Booster, but... Uh, uh, oh my yeah. god, I can't with Board Booster. I did a podcast on it where I like, cried about it. Yeah. That is it for this week's episode, and that is it for this mental health segment of Offbeat Grad. As I said before, I hope this helps you feel a little less alone, and just to remember how important it is to consider your mental health in everything you do, whether you're blogging, whether you're just in college, whether you're graduating, whether you're trying to freelance, you know, it's sort of important. So (laughs) I hope this was helpful. See you next week.